TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. On this lonely road, trying to make it home. Doing it by my lonesome, pissed off, lonesome. I'm fighting for my soul. God, get at you, boy. You try to vote, God, fall back. I go hard. On this lonely road, trying to make it home. Doing it by my lonesome, pissed off, lonesome. Good evening and welcome to the Memphis Shakedown Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Coleman. Sitting alongside me is Philip Dean. What's up, buddy? Back after your, your one-week hiatus and then our <laughs> joint one-week hiatus after that. Yeah. But, uh, it's good to be back. It is. It is. You know, We always love being here at the, uh, the Crosstown Concourse here in the lovely and spacious OAM Network uh, studios. Very cozy. I like as it. As always. I like it. The, the giant Legos behind me are, are really just what really set it off for me. Are they distracting you right now? No, not you yet, want to go play Legos right now? I, I, I got over that urge after our first one. <laughs> Although every time I walk back in here, I'm like, man, that, that would really be fun to take home and, and just, you know, and do stuff with. But, but you can't. No, not, uh, not, not so much. Not so much. All right. We've got a nice big show for you lined up tonight. Uh, of course, we'll be on for an hour, just like we are always. And uh, we'll be talking... Uh, a little bit about uh, the Grizzlies with uh, the article that came out in the Ringer today uh, about the potential for you know the Grizzlies to be sold next month, and I don't want anybody to freak out. It's it's not an, an impending thing or, or anything like that, but it's it's a remain poss- calm, exactly. All as well, you must chill. <laughs> but it is a possibility, so we will discuss the uh, the, the nuances of that. Uh, talk a little bit about the Redbirds being uh, in the playoffs. Actually, uh, they should have just had their first pitch. What about three minutes ago? Right? Yes. All right, so uh, good luck to them. Play of course, ball. They are up 1-0 in that series. Uh, Going to talk uh, some Memphis Tigers football as well. Of course, you were there last Thursday, right? One of the many. One of, one of the uh, <laughs> dozens, dozens that, uh, yes. that, that were in attendance. <laughs> and we're going to close the show out with some football picks. And, of course, somewhere in the middle, we're going to be doing everybody's favorite segment, the Dean's List and Double Secret Probation. So there you go. There's the rundown. Uh, let's kick things off, however, with, uh, with what you were doing last night. Oh, what was I doing? Con- congratulations, sir. Oh, why, thank you. Uh, go ahead and tell, uh, tell the people what you were doing last night. Uh, so I work with Fox Sports South with their uh, Memphis Grizzlies coverage, uh, doing their social media. Right. Uh, check them out on Twitter, at uh, Grizzlies on FSSE. And uh, I got nominated for um, the uh, Memphis Most Awards for Best Local Twitter Account. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So that, it was a fun night. Um, it, it was a Memphis who's who of people. You're just walking around like, oh, there's there's the mayor. Oh, hey, there's Eric Hasseltine. Oh, hey, there's, yeah. Yeah, and, and congratulations to a friend of the show, Eric Hasseltine, and uh, Chelsea Chandler as yes, well. Yes, congrats of them, as well. Uh, winners in, uh, in, I think Eric won two of his, his three categories. Yeah, best sports radio personality and uh, best local, afternoon, yeah, local afternoon, afternoon show. show, yeah. And then, of course, Chelsea won for Best Meteorologist uh, against some some heavy hitters from the, yeah. you know, from the Memphis Airways. have been here for years and years, so uh, congrats to all of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I was not nominated, but, you know, I wouldn't have been able to be there anyway. So It's okay. Yeah, it, it, it happens. It's it was a good night. <laughs> it was a no, good night. I really wouldn't have been able to be there. That part was true. Um, it might be the only true part of it. but It was a fun night. Well, good deal. You know, I always like stuff like that where, you know, you get to, you get, to get dressed up, you know, get to have a, you know, a, a nice big night. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, obviously I saw you, know, you, had, you had Emily with you. and mm-hmm. uh, My beautiful you know, wife. I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, 
she enjoyed that as well. She did. She had a very fun time last it's night. Good deal. And good free deal. free booze and free food. Well, and see, that's well. I wasn't going to mention that, but of course, that's the real reason everybody shows up to these things. <laughs> it's like every time I get invited to a wedding, uh, reception, cash bar, open bar. Now, when I got the invite, it did say cash bar on there, oh. and, I, and I was like, hold on. That's, that's how they trick the, uh, the the people that you know are, are just there for that, <laughs> right? So, so that's a, that's nice. So. It was a good night. Well, good deal. Good deal. All right. So, uh, you know, I, I got a text from, uh, from our buddy Kevin Leip, uh, you know, who, of course, was uh, our, my guest co-host while you were, you were gone two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he, he let me know that uh, The Ringer, uh, of course, Bill Simmons, you know, production there, uh, his offshoot after uh, his, uh, him leaving ESPN, that they had posted an article today um, I think uh, the author was uh, Haley O'Shaughnessy, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. Uh, talented writer. Talking about the fact that, you know, the, the Memphis Grizzlies are the, pretty much, you know, the only team, now that the Houston Rockets have been sold, that people are looking at as, you know, a potential for-sale team next month. And it's not because Robert Perra wants to sell the team, but it's because of the contract that he signed with the minority owners when he bought the team mm-hmm. five years ago. All right. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to, to read that, you, know, you can look it up on uh, either Haley O'Shaughnessy's Twitter page, the Ringer's Twitter page, or, of course, you can go to ringer.com and, and check it out. But basically, in order for Robert Perry to buy the team, because his, the stock in his company, Ubiquity, um, had dropped drastically right around the time he was going to buy the team. Yeah. You know, he had intended to own like 50-something percent of the team. His stock prices dropped from around, I believe it was around $34 a share down to like $9 a share. Mm-hmm. So he had to take, you know, take what he could get at that point. So his majority ownership dropped from, you know, like I said, you know, a controlling interest of 50% down to 25%, which still made him the majority owner. But it allowed uh, Daniel Strauss and uh, Steve Kaplan mm-hmm. to, you know, purchase, I think it was 14.33% uh, for each of them. Now, the contract that they signed... You know, stated that after five years, you know, with with a date that's coming up next month, that if they chose to, they could initiate a buy-sell clause to where either Robert Perra has to buy their shares from them at what what market value dictates is, you know, the the correct value for the team at that point, or he can sell the, you know, his shares to them. Right. And, you know, sell his 25% to them, and then, you know, however that works out, they become joint majority owners or one of them becomes a majority owner. And Steve Kaplan's made no secret of the fact that he wants to own a team. Yes. You know, he tried to, you know, uh, get into an agreement with uh, Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor uh, Mm -hmm. last year about, you know, becoming the future majority owner there. The problem was he had to sell his shares of the Grizzlies to be able to purchase shares in the Timberwolves. And he and Robert Perry kind of had it out about that because they couldn't agree to a valuation on the team. Right. So why is this all becoming news now? Well, because the Houston Rockets just sold for $2.2 billion. Take that for data. $2.2 billion, which means we are now over the $2 billion. (laughs) That's a lot of money. That Steve Ballmer paid for the Clippers a couple years ago. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so to put that in perspective... When Robert Perra bought the Grizzlies, I think the purchasing price was $435 million. Mm -hmm. Forbes, as recently as February of this year, 
uh, valued them at somewhere in the neighborhood of seven hundred ninety million, give or take, mm-hmm. give or take twenty million. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, there, there's a lot of other stuff going in that, including ownership of the FedEx Forum, which a lot of people you know forget to factor in. Yeah. Now with the Houston Rockets having been sold for two point two billion dollars, you can believe. That price is going up even further, which means that instead of you know being able to buy out, you know uh, Strauss and uh, Kaplan for millions of dollars, now we're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of potentially what I would say somewhere somewhere north of two hundred twenty million mm-hmm. is is what what it would probably end up being to buy them out at twenty eight point six percent. That's a lot of cheddar. That's a lot of money. I mean, even for a guy that that is worth over what? I think uh, Robert Pear's most recent uh, net worth was calculated at one point two billion. Correct. Now that uh, now that his stock is you know has has risen once again in his company, but still, you're I mean you're <laughs> you know put that in perspective. Okay, if I've got one hundred and twenty dollars in my pocket, and somebody says give me forty dollars, hang on a second. <laughs> Now I've only got $80. So, yeah, just because you, he's going to have $800 million left over doesn't mean he wants to write that check. And so it will be interesting, although I've gotten the sense from, from you know, the, the people who have spoken to Robert Pear, who are close to him, that owning an NBA team is, a, is really a lifelong dream. We know how much he loves basketball. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that, that goes out and plays. We, we saw him in the, uh, uh, the All-Star you know, celebrity game uh, a couple of years ago where yeah. he was – the one guy taking it way too seriously. <laughs> um, it's usually him and uh, what's the what's the other guy? Um, uh, the one that's uh, in Arcade Fire. Oh, um, gosh, what's his name? Uh, something when when. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, we'll we'll figure it out. But you know, th- those are the two guys that you could tell taking it way too seriously, whereas everybody else is just kind of goofing off and stuff. Because Robert Perry, not only Win Butler, Win Butler. There you go. Thank you. Uh, has the has the great long hair that uh, that I always appreciate because he wears the headband with it uh, while playing. But uh, who was the other guy? We had uh, the, um, he was a uh, part of the Department of Education or something like that that was in it a, a few years oh, ago as well. Yeah, uh, another one of those guys, big guy that, that, that took it way too seriously. Yeah, he, he played in college though. He did. He did. Uh, Arnie Duncan. Arnie, there you go. And so you know it's. It's interesting to see that. But Robert Pera, clearly a basketball fan. I mean, you know him him challenging. Uh, Tony Allen to a game of one-on-one, even though it was going to be for charity, he really wanted to see what he could do against you know, a legit NBA player, and not just that, a defensive player of the year type candidate. Yeah. Because that's the kind of guy Robert Parrott is. So I don't really see him being eager to sell, you know, sell them his 25%, even though he would make a metric butt-ton load of money off of it. Mm-hmm. Again, it's you know, just the, the 25% the, that he put in, which was... Uh, what it was just over a hundred million somewhere in that neighborhood, and now he would be looking at you know making somewhere in the neighborhood of over half a billion dollars. Yeah, I I, I can't fathom that kind of money. You know, I have friends that work in finance, and, and I just when they talk about money like that, I'm like, yeah, I, <laughs> God, you know, I have to think twice before I, I agree to upsize my my combo meal uh, when I go to a fast food place. So no, I, I don't I don't know what y'all are talking about there. So with, with that being said, even if the team gets sold, even if, you know, Kaplan and Strauss, you know, they make the, the power move, Robert Perry decides that because he's out there in California, it's not, you know, it's, it's not worth his trouble, which 
Again, he just put the, the new video board, all the, the stuff that's going on in FedEx. And the new gigantic locker room that they're exactly. building. Exactly. You know, I just I, I don't see it happening. But let's say for the sake of argument that he does. The team's still not going anywhere, people. No. And uh, that was that was the the primary concern. Anytime you hear about a team being sold is, well, are they going to move? Uh, it, where are they going? Where are they going? Yeah, small market teams specifically, because nobody said anything about Houston Rockets ever moving, because, well, they're in the fourth largest you know, market in the country. Sure. And despite the fact they just get hit by you know, uh, one of the worst hurricanes that they've ever seen, eh, nobody cares. It's, it's going to keep rolling on, just like it always will. Yeah. So, And everyone thinks that when they, it wasn't a couple of years ago they thought that the Grizzlies were going to move to California? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, because uh, uh, they, they were obviously going to move to San Jose, because that was near where Robert Perez you know, right. is, is headquartered. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. No, it doesn't. Yeah, let's add another team in California. Right, because that's exactly what they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody else to uh, you know, be in the same division as the Golden State Warriors. That, that, that'd be fun. Yeah, um, that'll draw tickets. No, exactly. But, uh, but no, the, all of the, the, you know, the lease with the city, all the, all the clauses that are, that are set up for that are still so cost prohibitive that you're not going to see the, the Grizzlies move any time over the next several years at least. No. Um, not unless somebody just has way, way, way more money than they have since. And they still have to get the agreement of other NBA owners to allow them to relocate at that point. Mm-hmm. So, so just and chill. The, and, they, and the NBA loves that Memphis market. They do. Because they bring a lot of TV eyes. And that's the thing is, you know, Memphis consistently is one of the top sports markets, period, but especially a basketball market, even when they get put out of the playoffs. They're still drawing in the top five in terms of, you know, market share. Right. Which is insane, you know, when you consider how many people live here versus, you know, some of the, the largest markets in the, in the country. And now people think with the uh, Oakland Ra- the Raiders now moving to Las Vegas, right. everyone thinks, ooh, I wonder if they'll put an NBA team. No, they want to see how the Raiders go first. Oh, yeah. If they, if they make a lot of money off this. Well, not just that, but now you have an NHL team there as well. Yes. You don't want to do too much too soon, Mm-mm. you know, with that. Because um, you know, we've seen that happen before where – where this one city, all of a sudden, they get, they get a whole bunch of new stuff all at once. And as soon as that newness wears off, and mm. everybody just kind of yawns and, and goes back to what they were doing before. Mm-hmm. So that was always one of the interesting things for me about uh, Orlando with the Magic. Because, of course, you know, they hit the home run with drafting Shaq. And then after yeah. Shaq leaves, they go through the doldrums. And then they get Dwight Howard, and they're good yeah. again. And now yeah, they're, 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 they're back, back to being crappy. And everybody's just like, ah, I can't go to the Magic game or, you know, I could... Go to Disney World. I vote Disney World. There you go. So, all right. So, yeah. So, you know, even though the team could be sold, nothing to worry about there in terms of either there being a transition or there being, you know, the, the potential for relocation. Yeah. It just seems like it's a power kind of thing. Kind of, it's kind of a Game of Thrones kind of thing. Who's going to have, who wants, who wants all the power? Kaplan or Para? So it's a fight of. Oh, and we, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that Kaplan wants to run a team. Yes. So he wants either he wants to own this team or he wants to be bought out so that he can go own another team. I think it's a more chance that he'll get, he'll buy his way out. Oh, I, well, or get get bought, bought out. out. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, he he will get bought out and and again, you know, there there's still the possibility of him uh getting into that that Minnesota Timberwolves deal mm-hmm. that could could potentially lead to him becoming a majority owner there. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that shakes out, but yeah, it's it's nothing to to get tremendously concerned about, even though it is a real possibility that's going to come up, and it's really going to be determined by what uh, you know 
what they value this team at, mm-hmm. which would be an interesting number, you know, because I remember whenever, you know, uh, Michael Heisley put the team up for sale and everybody yeah. looking at what the price was back then. Yeah. And for the people that think that Robert Parrott is just not doesn't care, he's trying to run a billion-dollar business right now. Right. He's smart enough to realize, I'm going to hire someone to run my basketball operations so that way I don't have to do everything. Well, and, and that's the thing is, you know, they, they've done such a good job with, uh, you know, the front offices across the board, you know, business side, basketball side, everything. Everything. Um, you know, it, it, it's always interesting to me because I like to walk around a little bit before the games and it, without fail, I run into Jason Wexler. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, what's going to happen. Likewise. Yeah. You know, he's, he's going to be wearing his, his blazer with the open collar and the jeans. That's, that's, <laughs> Hi, that is, yeah, that is the Jason Wexler uniform. And, uh, you know, um, but he's he's always unfailingly polite. He he remembers people's names, you know, all that kind of stuff. The the things that you think about successful people doing. Mm-hmm. And and there's nobody that loves Memphis more than Jason Wexler either. Mm-hmm. That's that's the more, the more interesting thing to me is that you know people you think about uh, you know what all goes on as far as you know running an NBA team and you think oh well you, you put the team first. Sometimes I wonder about Jason whether he you know he thinks uh, I'm going to put Memphis first and you know just. <laughs> Just for the hell of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and that's why, and he also had, and he, Robert Perrick trusts Chris Wallace as well. Oh, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, and, and the, the other front office personnel that, that he's put, you know, around him. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously bringing in Ed Stefanski. And of course, you know, now we've got, uh, his name is escaping me right now, Chris. Tate. Chris Macris from, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who had been with the Iowa Energy. With the hustle now. And with the hustle. And Tayshaun Prince. Tayshaun Prince coming back. And, uh, you know, that's, that's always a... Uh, he's not playing. <laughs> Chill out, Grizzly. It's okay, Grizzlies fans. He's not playing. He's just helping out in the front office. I'd be okay with him playing. I mean, you know, if, if Chandler's not ready to go, hey, there's a small forward you can throw out there. It's just an idea. Just I'm an just, idea. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, any other Grizzlies news? That's uh, I think we heard some some rumors this week that uh, Jamichael is getting closer to to signing a deal. I think the the rumor that I had heard was more than likely a two year deal, somewhere in the neighborhood of eight million dollars per year. Yeah. Okay. And so that could be could be signed next week. He could put it off a little bit longer until yeah. we get closer to training camp. You yeah. Know. Training camp is in less than I mean it's less than three weeks right now. Right. So. I and mean, we're, what, two and a half weeks to media day? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> expect him to be signed somewhere around there. and It's coming, folks. Just, yeah. just he, wait. He, he steps right into a starting power forward role, just like we all do he was going to. So You just hope that he's in shape when he goes into training camp. Oh, I'm sure he will be. That's, that's the actually... Unless, uh, unlike a, a former powered forward that used to play for this team, <laughs> every training camp he'd come in, they'd be like... Damn, Zebo. <laughs> Except for that one year that he was in fantastic shape and almost immediately got hurt. Yeah. You know, and at which point we all went, man, Zebo was in too good a shape. He just, his body just didn't know how to react to that. So, <laughs> Have you seen the, thing, the, uh, Memphis, the mean tweets on, uh, what is that, Jimmy Kimmel? Oh, yes. yes. And they said yeah. that you look like you're in basketball shape, like the shape of <laughs> oh, a basketball. basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That would be me. <laughs> that would be me. Or they're talking about my head. <laughs> no, that would be your coworker, Peter Edmiston's head. <laughs> Hi, Peter. What's up, Peter? <laughs> oh, what was the name I, I came up for him last week? Uh, Who, Peter? Yeah. Oh, um, it was a uh, 
course, we just had all the, all the nickname jerseys for Major League Baseball, and uh, one of them talked about you know his his nickname was uh, not something Cabeza, but it was something similar to that because it was yeah because you know, he had a he giant wears like, head wears like an eight and three eighths you know size hat <laughs> which. Just like me trying to fathom, you know, two point two billion dollars. Me trying to fathom an eight point, you know, eight eight and three eighths size, you know, hat is <laughs> sure equally just ginormous. All right, so we mentioned it uh, earlier that uh, you know the Memphis Redbirds uh, in the playoffs. And of course, uh, you know they won their division, won their and had a great game last night. You know, one yeah. four one, and you know uh, uh, Almeida Diaz just. Stroking the ball, two home runs. Looked like the guy who was a fantastic rookie for the big club last year. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so maybe he's, he's figuring some stuff out and, you know, breaking out of that sophomore slump. Wouldn't that be funny? Uh, uh, you know, he, he, let's say he helps the, helps the Redbirds, you know, go through their postseason and then gets called up, you know, when the <laughs> roster's expanding. <laughs> and if the Cardinals can, can figure out a way to, I'll, I'll say weasel their way into a, in, into a wild card spot. Don't get your hopes up. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Well, again, I'm not a Cardinals fan, so you know it's not going to break my heart either way. But yeah. uh, uh, you know, my my team's so far out of it, I don't even have to worry about that part. <laughs> Love you, Bravos. Yeah, break my heart. How great it would it be if they won the Redbirds won it all? Oh, it'd be amazing. I want a parade. You, yeah, I think we would get a parade for we, that. We bet they better get a parade. Yeah, they deserve it. It, it wouldn't be down Beale Street; it would just be down Union. But uh, but yeah, we'd, we'd get a parade. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> Mess up all the traffic. <laughs> I, honestly, if you if you do it at the right time of day, nobody would notice anyway. As far as the traffic goes, so yeah, uh, yeah, no, that'd, that'd be fantastic. I, I'd enjoy it. I want a parade. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, well, and. <laughs> Of course, always the interesting thing with the minor league team is when you know when, when they win a championship at their level, the, the next year they're always awful because the big club takes all yeah. all those players. And, we didn't uh, get a, a Grizzlies summer league championship parade, but we better get a Redbirds one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Demanding it. <laughs> Demanding. In fact. All right. You ready to do some uh, some Dean's list and double secret probation? Yeah, let's do it. And now, an attempt at sophistication and culture. It's Three Shades of Blue Radio's Dean's List. And here to educate you is Master Philip. Thank you, Ezekiel. I'm going to start off thank, uh, putting on the Dean's List Tiger fans from last week that, that showed up to the Liberty Bowl. Absolutely. You are... No one should ever doubt your commitment to the, in the University of Memphis. You are true fans. I respect you. I saw a couple like leaving the game as I was getting done and I just and I said to them, You stayed for the whole game and they go, Yeah. I'm like, Bravo. Well, again, uh, it, we we know some people that are diehard Tigers fans, you know, Fletch, Cullen, you know, people like that, and they they live and die with it and you know, my hat is off to them. Because that was not a great game. Oh no, no, no! I, I fully in that, intended, in that environment. I had fully intended to go, and I will fully admit to that I went. You know what? I've got to work tomorrow. I am not going to go sit out in the rain. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. Uh, anybody want my tickets? No, I didn't think so. But uh, I'm also going to put uh, JJ Watt. Nice for everything he's done with uh, the relief for uh, Hurricane Harvey. I think what did he start? He said he wanted to start with two hundred thousand was his initial goal. And he's now over ten million, twenty million. Twenty million, excuse over me. Over twenty million. Twenty million. That's ridiculous. Just absolutely insane. Bravo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with the, all the college football teams that made comebacks because you gave me a reason to keep watching those games, number one, but also the fact that y'all didn't give up. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I and I enjoyed watching every single one of them. Um, on the flip side, kudos to Paul Johnson, Georgia Tech's coach, for going for two in the second overtime. Yes, I, I love the move. You know, he's he looked at it and said, you know what, my team's gaining like five yards per you know per carry. Let's go ahead and go for it. See if we can knock it out. Didn't make it, but you know what? I still love the call. Yeah. Um, you have any more? I'm good. All right. Well, let me. Uh, Michael Bennett, Seahawks uh, defensive player. Of course, mm-hmm. he was involved in an ugly incident uh, in Las Vegas this week. Props to him for speaking out about it. Yeah. And for for going on, you know, talk shows and and talking about what happened, and and doing so in in a reasonable manner. Yeah. You know, he's he's upset, but he's not emotional. You know, about it. When, when he talks about it, because he knows that there are certain things that need to change, you know, in this country in, in terms of how people are being treated. Absolutely. Now, on the flip side of that, I, I have to give props to uh, what I'm calling social media Kevin Durant. <laughs> he might be the surliest dude alive when he is on Twitter or, or you know, any form of social he media. He is my favorite person to follow on Twitter. <laughs> Katie, never change. Seriously. Because he goes I'm absolutely after, loving it. Because he goes after everybody that everybody, attacks. and it's usually like your mother jokes. Or oh just, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's fantastic, and and I, I enjoy it immensely. So uh, don't change that about you, Katie. <laughs> All right, those are the good things. Now let's get to some of the bad things. The time has come for someone to put his foot down, and that foot is me. As of this moment, they're on double secret probation. People that complain about NBA 2K ratings. <laughs> wait, wait. Are we including the players in this? No. Okay. No. Get a life. The players are the only people that are allowed to complain about this stupid thing because it impacts them. I'm so t- tired of people sitting on Twitter going, I can't believe Isaiah Thomas has a higher rating Kyrie Irving. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Oh. <laughs> Also, 2K, why are you putting LeVar Ball in your game? Who, yeah, that's, who wants to see that? That is a questionable who, move. <laughs> I, I, I'm done. Totally a questionable move. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Although, if it helps their, their game sales, then that's all they're worried about. Boogie Cousins has a higher rating than Anthony Davis. Are you kidding me? <laughs> all right. Starting off with, uh, let's take out the trash by getting rid of that University of Tennessee trash can that they're using for turnovers. <laughs> Most ridiculous thing I have ever seen in a sporting event that was intentional. Are you kidding me? I thought, Come it, was on, the, I thought it was their new mascot. Uh, it, it, it very should well could be. be. I thought they were well replacing be. the dog with a <laughs> trash can. If, if they play another game like they played the first half against Georgia Tech, it actually should they be their new mascot. They showed that trash can more than the, than Smokey. Yeah, uh, it was. It, well, and and let's let's even go over the top on this. The guy handling the trash can who clearly doesn't understand what his function is. <laughs> Just stand there, let the player dunk the ball in there, and, and walk away. Don't keep moving it around because now you're making him miss a dunk, which makes him look even more ridiculous than he already did. I hope that's his only job on the team is to hold that trash can. Not me. I hope he has to go collect jock straps after the game. <laughs> it's fitting. Um, also, uh, double secret probation for the injury gods of football. Seriously. How many top tier players did we lose in this this first weekend? La- you know, last week. Yeah. I mean, I know that 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 I made fun of uh, Florida State's quarterback. You know, mostly because 
Again, when you have a name like that, I don't think football player. You know, it just... I, DeAndre uh, Francois. Yeah. I say DeAndre Francois, quarterback is not going to be one of the first 15 things that you <laughs> list is what this guy's occupation is going to be. But you didn't have to take him from us like that. I mean, come on. And you look at all the other injuries that we saw, uh, you know, top-tier players. Uh, Jacob Eason for Georgia, we don't know if he's going to be back or oh. not. Um, although they played pretty well with Fromm. Yeah, they did. So maybe, maybe that will turn into a blessing in disguise. Um, moving on from that, bad slash scared coaching from college football coaches. Come on, guys. <laughs> Just stop it. Kevin Sumlin, I'm looking at you. <laughs> you think he had to walk back? He should have. He absolutely should have. Either that or uh, maybe a razor. You know, let, let, him, let, him, let him get on a scooter. Uh, and our last one, Mother Nature. Give us a break. Seriously. I mean, come on. I'm going on vacation next week. Don't do this to me. Right. I mean, I, I was supposed to go to Charleston in two weeks, and now I'm looking at it going, I don't know how much of Charleston's going to be left after, you know, the, the 17 <laughs> hurricanes that you're sending our way. Stop it. Not to mention all the fires out west. And, you know, of course, we just had the hurricane hit Texas. Come on, Mother Nature. What do we ever do? Actually, you know what? Don't answer that question. Uh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. There might be something to that. Stop while you're ahead. That's it. <laughs> All right, that was your Dean's List and Double Secret Probation for the week. Why does Mike Conley only have an 87 rating <laughs> on NBA 2K? That's absurd. <laughs> well, you see, it's, it's because he gets injured all the time. Was that your Christopher Walken? No, but it was inspired by my Christopher Walken. That was really good. Um, uh, he has a bit that, uh, that uh, Jay Moore, who, of course, did Suicide Kings with him. Mm-hmm. One of the funniest uh, you know, parts of Jay Moore's stand-up is him doing his Christopher Walken impression and talking about the conversations that they had <laughs> while filming that movie. And one night when we have a little more time and I'm a little more intoxicated... I'll probably break that one out for you because it's actually it's it's my favorite way to do the Christopher Walken impression. Well, okay then. Well, you know it's uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of some of my favorite things, though, okay. Um, I don't know if you saw the the tweet from Stephen King uh, today. No, okay, I did not enlighten me. Uh, it, it's uh, now now Stephen King, who's I will fully admit, even though he's one of my favorite authors, is a very odd guy. There's no two ways to put it, but he is a very, very strange guy. Mm-hmm. With that being said, he, uh, he tweeted out today that uh, uh, Donald Trump blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> I am hereby blocking him from seeing it or Mr. Mercedes. No clowns for you, Donald. Go float <laughs> yourself. <laughs> that's a Hall of Fame tweet. I don't care who you are. Yeah. That's, that's, just, that's just good, clean fun. But it made me think about the fact that tomorrow... It will be in theaters. Will you go see It? Hell no. Are you scared of the clowns? I hate clowns. Well, most people hate clowns. But Mm -hmm. have you seen the original? Yes. Not the whole thing, but I've seen most of it. All right. Terrified you? Uh, Yeah. How old were you when you you first saw it? Mm. 14, 15 maybe? Okay. All right. So you you were older than I was when I first saw it. Uh, my cousin uh, shares a, a similar distaste for clowns. Now, granted, he's scared of clowns for an entirely different reason. Because when we were real little kids, I mean, like four or five, 
we went to the circus and, you know, of course, they've got all the clowns that, you know, pile out of the car and, and the whole nine yards. Well, we were sitting like front row and then the clouds come, you know, and they mess with you while, you know, while you're sitting there. And this clown just got right in his face and he's four years old and just does not know how to react whatsoever. And, you know, like mm-hmm. permanently scarred him as far as clowns go. Like, forget about it. Yeah. Um, I think clowns are creepy. But that's they most, are. But that's mostly because they're middle-aged guys dressed up like that that hang out with kids all the time. Something wrong about that. Just going to go ahead and say it. That's and, true. And I say that having been engaged to someone that would dress up as a clown because she was a balloon artist and people would ask for that. I'm like, have people not figured out that kids don't like clowns? That, in fact... What n- kid says, I want a clown at my birthday party? Nobody. There, there are... There are there are not no. <laughs> there are not any kids that like clowns, and there aren't many people that like clowns for the most part. And what was it like, a few years ago? There were like people that were like dressing up as clowns, and they would just be standing out. That was last year. Last year, and that, so so the you know one of the police departments um, that, that dealt with that last year. Someone in their town has been going around and tying a red balloon to sewer grates here and there around the city, and so they they tweeted out a picture of one and said. We did the clown thing last year. We are not doing it again this year. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, but if, if I ever wanted to truly freak anybody out, that's exactly my, what my go-to thing would be. Hey, let's go dress up like a clown because that freaks everybody out. Scariest movie you've ever seen? Whew. The Shining was pretty scary. I, I, would, I would put that one, put that one up there, yeah. I'm not a big horror, but that one... Freaked me out. Okay. Gil, what about you? What is the scariest movie that you have ever seen? Um, oh, man. My wife is really into scary movies, and I am definitely not. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a woman. I'm, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> it's I don't okay. Mean that, okay, I don't mean it like I'm, that. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm really jumpy. Right. Jumpy stuff gets me. Sure. Yes. So, uh, gosh, what is the name of that one that was so creepy? It was the... The Spanish uh, one, I think it was Mama or El Ma or. Uh, oh, I know which one you're talking about. Because yeah. um, I did see that one, and that one was pretty freaky. And the first time I saw the Baba Duke, I thought it was scary. And then at the end of it, I was like, "Oh, it's like a pet now that they feed. Right? <laughs> what is this? Like, I was scared until that, and then I was like, "Oh, this is so dumb." It's like, like ninety minutes of horror followed by five minutes of, huh? huh. Did we feed the Baba Duke today? <laughs> exactly. Take the Baba Duke yeah. down some food. I saw Jaws when I was really little. That movie still scares me. All right, so my mom, um, when she was like, that movie came out when she was like 14, 15, something like that. Yeah. And they were living on the East Coast at the time. She watched that movie literally the day before they went to the beach. And all of them, (laughs) again, all of them completely terrified, would not go in the water at all. Oh, no. I don't mess Um, with water to this day. I, I, I mm -hmm. I don't like ocean water. I just don't. It doesn't feel natural. I feel like I'm in someone else's home, and I need to be out. <laughs> well, in fact, you are in someone else's. I'm, I'm in someone else's pool, and I don't need to be I'm in trespassing. Here. <laughs> All right. So, so the first time that I ever saw the ocean was um, four years ago. I'd never traveled to either really? coast. Uh, I'd been to the Gulf, but hadn't hadn't, okay. been, hadn't been to the East Coast. Hadn't been to the West Coast. And and so I was in Charleston, South Carolina. A friend of mine that lives there, and there had been a rash of shark attacks during that time. And Mm-mm. so she's terrified. Like every time we were out in the ocean, and, I mean, even up to our knees, and a piece of seaweed would touch her foot, she's jumping up and down. Just that's you know, me, just, right? <laughs> I get it. And that's that's a lot of people I have found. Yes, you know, 
me, maybe it's because I, I haven't had that experience and I was just too dumb. I, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. It, it's seaweed. No, no big deal. So I'm out there for like five days. Well, on the, is it the third or fourth morning, you know, we get up, we go to breakfast, and then we come uh, down to, to look for seashells because it was low tide. So we're walking all the way down the beach. I mean, we walk for, you know, a couple miles, uh, finding seashells here and there. And, you know, as we're walking, making our way back, I'm probably about 10 feet in front of her. Mm-hmm. I'm just about up to my waist in the water, you know, just, just kind of walking through because we've already walked that stretch. I'm not worried about finding anything else, you know, and so I'm just kind of enjoying myself. Now, we had, we had startled a couple skates, um, you know, which are similar to, you know, to manta rays, you know, stuff like that, which freaked her out every time we did. I got chills right now. Just yeah, so, keep okay. going, proceed. <laughs> All right, so, so we're walking back, and we get, you know, within probably – you know, half a mile of where we left our towels and all of our other stuff. And she's behind me, and she's looking back on the shore just to see if there's anything else that, you know, might have might have washed up that, you know, for us to grab. You know, she's probably about mid-thigh. Like I said, I'm up to my waist. And I look ahead of me, and literally less than 10 feet in front of me, I see a fin. Mm. And I can see the top of the head, and it is a four-and-a-half-foot hammerhead that is just kind of cruising, you know, down the beach. And so I turn, you know, over my shoulder, and I said, Heather. And she couldn't hear me, and I said, Heather. She said, yeah. I said, slowly walk back up to the beach. And as soon as I said beach, she sees it over my shoulder, goes (laughs) full-on Bugs Bunny, jumps to the top of the water, and runs across the top of the water to get back to the beach. And so I'm slowly kind of sidestepping to to get up, and it, it got within about four feet of me. But never showed any real interest, and you know, and so that was that was my experience with the shark. And I was, you know, was like, "Did you go back in the water after that?" I'm like, "Heck yeah, I went back in the water after that." <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to look back, and then she just went underwater. <laughs> oh no, no, no. And, yeah. and, 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 then I, and then I ran out of the ocean, yeah. and that's the end of that story. <laughs> and that was how Heather died. No, but uh, but yeah, and so you know, and then I went, uh, of course, you know, just a few weeks ago, I went, took a. Took a road trip out west, went out to the Pacific Ocean, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, nobody's even worried about sharks out there, you know, because yeah. they're just like, whatever. You know, to- total California vibe of, eh, yeah, there's, there's no sharks the out The pollution has scared all the sharks away, oh, man. Exactly, oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. The sharks don't like the smog either, yeah. apparently, so. <laughs> uh, oh, but uh, uh, scariest movie that I've ever seen? Mm-hmm. The English Patient. Seriously, people enjoyed that movie? That's that's what's that's what scared me more than anything else. I, I I was working at Blockbuster at the time, and you know, oh, this is such an awesome movie. I made it through like 15 minutes before I started to fall asleep, and I don't fall asleep in movies, but it was just that painful, and so the, that movie, you know, scared the crap out of me because I thought maybe I was missing something. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. All right, so you were at that Tigers game last week, yes. And what were your thoughts? You know, there there was a lot of talk about you know people feeling kind of disappointed that uh, you know they they didn't really. They didn't really, you know, stomp them. Yeah, um, Raleigh Ferguson's got a lot of work to do if they, if he, for all the hype that he's getting right now. Right, he did not look good. Running game looks great. Well, and that was the thing is you knew you were going to be able to run on them. Yeah, and and you know I think a lot of people you know kind of lost sight of that a little bit. They said, well, we're expecting Riley Ferguson to do this, that, and the other. You looked at the weather and it was like, if we can <laughs> run on them at at seven yards a carry, which was about what they were averaging. Yeah. Why are you even going to try and put it up in the air? I mean, I understand you want to keep the defense honest, but, I mean, you were just gouging them. And yeah. so, you know, Riley did look bad, but I think when you look at all the circumstances, 
you, you, you kind of, I don't say, I want to say you give them a pass, but it makes you understand it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and too many injuries. Yeah, and that, that was, uh, again, the, the football injury gods. I mean, stop what, it. What are y'all doing to us? You know? I mean, we, we get it. We're not supposed to enjoy this game anymore because clearly it shortens people's lives, but yeah. we still got it right now. Yeah. So, you know. It's, but, it's slowly getting there, though. I mean, when oh, you get is. to the point where players are like, well, I'm just going to play for two years and save all of my money and get Absolutely. out of there when I can. Absolutely. 20 years from now, I, I will be amazed if, if we have a game of football that, that resembles what is currently being played. I really will. Do you think right. just the, the talent is going to go to another sport to elongate their oh, life? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. And, and I think that's, you know, that is kind of the biggest thing that, that people have to look towards is that, you know, when, when, they, when they ask, you know, well, why isn't U.S. soccer better? Well, it's because all the best athletes go play, you know, play sports where they can make money in America. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you start looking at, you know, I have, I'm of an age where, you know, a lot of my friends have kids that are going into high school and they're like, no, my kid's not playing football. They play fo- peewee football. But- I mean, I have children too, and that is a lot. Uh, that is yeah. a. It's a question. It's like, a, it's it your, are you going to allow your your child to play football? Right. You know, and that was you know, for me growing up, I played all kinds of sports. My mom asked me. She said, "Please don't play football," because she saw mm-hmm. her three brothers play. She saw the toll that it took on their bodies. You know, you know, years before, and. Honestly, it was pretty easy to make my decision once I figured out those two days in August were, you know, just going to be as as awful as they were. Yeah, and I know you can speak to that. You Absolutely. Know. And and it was like, you know, I'm pretty good at baseball and basketball, and I like soccer. So yeah, we'll we'll stick with those sports. Yeah, it's all about the high school and middle school. All that they need to learn how to adapt to the teaching the kids how to play it the right way. The NFL is trying to, but it now it needs to go back down to. How the high school coaches need to teach how to uh, help coach, help players learn the right way as well. Well, and you know, I mean, we're seeing stuff with the with the new targeting rules and things like that. But at the same time, we've got all these new targeting rules, and what we were we were two plays into one college game, and a, and a kid gets tossed for it. And I'm just like, you happened, had, in, happened in Memphis. Yeah, you had all off season to to work on this kind of stuff, and immediately you go launch yourself at somebody's head. You yeah, know, second play of the game. Come Not on. smart. How do you change that, that, though, that mentality? Is it really just bad teaching, or is it just when you have, you know... I think it's just when they've, and it's been installed in their heads how to go after somebody. It right. just, it, it's a natural movement that they can't control. And it, I mean, I guess it could be a thing like you're afraid you're going to lose your spot, and you're going to do whatever you can to make sure this guy does not get by you. Well, yes. But even more so than that, you know, again, we, we are of a generation raised on highlights, you know, Sports Center every yes. night. Um, you know, if you want to watch it the next morning, you can watch it. And you know, for me, it was growing up watching Ronnie Lott and Steve Atwater and guys like that. And what do they do? They separated the man from the ball, and often with an ear hole shot. And you know, mm-hmm. it, it it took a while for them to you know to come to a conclusion that oh well, maybe we shouldn't be letting guys target you know target the head. Yeah, you think? <laughs> you know, the reason that guy lost the ball is because well, he knocked him unconscious. Yeah, um, and of course we celebrated that for years, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, you know guy, you know linebackers like Lambert and Night Train Lane, you know, breaking exactly. Taylor broke Joe Theismann's leg, and everybody mm-hmm. was like, "Oh man, oh yeah, that, that, doc, that guy can hit." Yeah, <laughs> and and so it's, I mean, you know, football is about violence. You know, anybody that says it's any a different game. game, yeah, anybody that says any differently is, is you know trying to protect the, themselves when it comes to that. But football is about violence. 
Um, you know, what, one of my favorite things to watch, and again, it's because I, you know, I, I used to deal with bouts of insomnia. I watched Australian Rules football on on the Fox Sports channels. That you just know. sounds insane. Are there like snakes just all over the field and you have to <laughs> dodge the alligators and snakes? And kangaroos. You, yeah. would, you would think so, but uh, but no, actually it's just uh, you take American football, you take rugby, and you throw these guys out there with no pads whatsoever. Okay. No helmets. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, hmm. exactly. It's uh, Interesting. You know, it's definitely something that, you know, you, you would – hear crocodile dundee talk about and think there's no way people actually oh That's they do football. that this they is football. Do, exactly so you know it's, it's one of those things but uh, do you see the nba becoming a more popular uh sport than the nfl in say 10 years um, five um you know their pro game their uh all-star series i think is becoming a better product than the pro the pro bowl Oh, like Pro Bowl is terrible. Yeah, it really is. So terrible. I, well, think, the, I think that should be a highlight of your sport, and I feel like the NBA has done a really good job of making yeah. theirs really good, and the NFL has not. Yeah. Well, I mean, because nobody cares, you know, nobody cares about playing in the Pro Bowl. Nobody cares about watching the Pro Bowl. Yeah. You know, you, you have it on because there's nothing else on, but that's about it. Yeah. So You want to see what Tom Brady looks like in LA, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> what Tom Brady looks like in I've a got, Tom of Bahama shirt? <laughs> I've got more than enough Tom Brady in my life as it is. So. Yeah. All right, you want to make some football picks? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you sound so enthused about this. Because, I mean, I'm not a fortune teller, but, I mean, I'm going to do the best. Hey, I, oh. hey you, you are the reigning, defending, undefeated, uh, you know, champion. You know, of, that is of, true. So. That is true. That is with on the record. And, again, we, we may or may not even remember to come back to these uh, in January and February. <laughs> oh, we, prob- we probably won't. Uh, so, what the heck. Yeah, unless I get them all right, we're probably not coming back to them. Yeah. That's, that's typically <laughs> the way it goes. All right, so first up, who do you have playing in the SEC championship game? I got – I said this at SEC Media Days, and I'm going to stick with it. I got Alabama and Georgia. I've got the same thing. Who do you have winning it? Alabama. Yeah, same same here. And I would have said that, uh, you know, regardless of what, you know, what's happened with Jacob Eason. Although, like I said earlier, you know, Fromm played pretty well, and, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I could see that, you know, actually, you know, being, being something that helps them out. Both in terms of getting him some on-field experience, yeah, but also you know giving them some other options. All right, who are you, who are your football for? Who are your four playoff teams for college football? I got Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Interesting, interesting. All right, I've got Alabama, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, mm, going with the mullet, Michigan, mm. and I'm sticking with USC, even though they gave me absolutely no reason to over the weekend. I had a debate about Ohio State-Michigan, but I just feel like Michigan always finds a way to shoot themselves in the foot. They're a better version of Tennessee of so much hype. And then, but they've got so much better of a coach than Tennessee's had in years. So, yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying. They're a better version. The reason I go with Michigan is because of the Harbaugh factor, and you know I understand what they lost off of last year's team. Um, It's just always Ohio State's in the way. Oh, they are. They are. and JT Barrett, I mean, he's a heck of a quarterback. If they beat Ohio State, I, they will win. Right, the and that's what I think they, it's going to come down they to. Will win the, they will win the national championship. It's going to come down to their last game, you know, which, which obviously you know, is, is one of the greats of, of rivalry week. I think Michigan comes out on top this year. Mm-hmm. Um, is it at Ohio State this year? I think it's at Michigan this year. I think it was at Ohio State that's last right, year. That's right, that's yeah. right. Um, and, of course, you know, they, they played them with a tw- two-point game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was just – it was could have been anybody's game, and it just didn't – didn't happen to go their way. I've got a lot of people talking about Washington this, you know, 
this early on. I'm, They're going to be in the bubble. Right. I could see them getting upset by somebody yeah. mid November, something like that. Yeah, that could hurt their that could hurt their stock. They could they could have that uh, that you know Oregon type stumble that, that we always seem to get get out of the ducks. Yeah, so because Alabama can get away with winning or losing two games and get in somehow get into the big four. Washington they have to go undefeated. All right, Alabama losing two. All right, so I'm assuming one of those will be in Auburn, possibly. And who else could they lose to and still hmm. see? That's the thing is you know because the East is still is still not good enough for them to to lose one of those games. And I don't know about anybody else in the West that they could lose to if they lost to Florida State, mm-hmm. you know, a healthy Florida State team. Yeah, then maybe I could have seen it. I don't think they can lose two with the remaining schedule and 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 still and, and still and still guarantee themselves a spot. Almost is a different team than oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, I I felt bad about taking them to uh, to cover against South Alabama this past weekend, but I was just like it's South Alabama, and then Ole Miss. Went, but yeah, but we're Ole Miss. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> All right, who's your national champion? I've got Oklahoma. Nice. See, and I I like Oklahoma. I think they're going to score a ton of points. I like their offense. Yeah, I I worry about their ability to stop anybody, and of course, I can say the same thing about Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. But I think Oklahoma State's offense is even better than Oklahoma's is. So, I mean, if we're, if we're going to pick a Big 12 team, let's pick the one with the absolute best offense I've ever one seen. One of the Oklahomas. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go – and, again, just, just because you know, I'm, I'm riding with them to, to do special things this year, I got the Wolverines winning it all. I got Michigan winning mm. over, over Alabama in the national championship game. Oh, so, okay. uh, you know, if nothing else, it'll, it, it will at least pit two-storied programs against each other that uh, – to my knowledge, haven't faced each other in a bowl game in, I know, several years, if at all. So I'm going to have to look that one up uh, sometime after the show. All right, moving on to the NFL. We're not going to do division winners because, quite frankly, oh, gosh. I, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I don't have the time to do that. Um, but uh, who do you have in the AFC championship game? I've got Pittsburgh versus New England. Okay. I've got Pittsburgh as well against Oakland. Hmm. NFC Championship game, who do you have? I have Green Bay versus Seattle. I really wanted to go with that one. Mm-hmm. I did. That was, I, ha- I had that one, but you know what? I think this is finally the year that the Dallas Cowboys make it back to the NFC Championship game against the Seattle Seahawks. Hmm. It killed, I, me. I, it killed me to put Aaron Rodgers I to the kinda, side like I that. I kind of like that. Yeah. But the Cowboys just find a way. Oh, I know. They, I know. This is this is more me having faith in, in Dak than it is anything else. Okay. And all right. So who's your Super Bowl and who you got winning it? I've got Pittsburgh versus Green Bay, and I've got the Packers winning it all. Nice. You're um, welcome, Pete Pranica. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got Seattle beating Oakland in the Super Bowl, hmm. and you know this is. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson had a rough year last year. Very. And, you know, I think a lot of people kind of, you know, tended to write him off because of, you know, because of him both, you know, struggling because mm-hmm. uh, he, had the, he had the injury early on in the year that he never seemed to fully recover from. And, you know, I think him coming out, he's going to be healthy this year. Um, they've still got a tremendous defense, you know, backing them up. But also I, I think that, you know, you're going to see more of Jimmy Graham this year. Than what we saw from him last year, mm-hmm. you know, his first year after uh, after New Orleans. 
So, yeah, got uh, got Seattle over Oakland, and you have Green Bay over Pittsburgh. Honestly, I just really want to see that AFC Championship game because we'll get all the good old 70s highlights of John Madden and Terry Bradshaw and, you know, Oakland and Pittsburgh and, <laughs> I mean, just smash-mouth football, even though neither one of them is a smash-mouth team anymore. Here's a guy like Tom Brady when he throws the ball <laughs> in and goes like that, and boom, tough act to knock him. And scene. <laughs> All right. So what else is on tap for this weekend? What will you be watching this weekend? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think. Wait on. Before you answer that, Uh how many hours of college football did you watch last weekend with it being a holiday weekend and there be games on every single night? I watched a good amount. I watched more afternoon games than I did at the night. Okay. Um, The Tennessee-Georgia Tech was probably the one game where I watched – in like complete entirety i had it on for the entire day i will not you know lie and say that i was paying attention through the uh-huh. the entire thing um mostly because i didn't of, watch i didn't get to watch much of uh florida state and alabama i didn't really think that was gonna be great a big matchup no. um i think oklahoma ohio state will be a oh that's gonna that's, that's gonna, gonna be, be that's gonna be a and great that's game. honestly what kept me away from putting either one of them in uh-huh. in the in the college playoff was because one of them's gonna have a loss and even though they yeah. can overcome that Knowing that you're, they're guaranteed a loss, yeah, kept me away from from picking one of them. Because uh, you think about it, you know, if Ohio State loses that game, you know, they've got to run the table. Yep, they can't they can't afford another loss anywhere down down the road. And of course, they lost to Penn State last year. Mm-hmm. A lot of people sleeping on Penn State this year. I, I think Penn State could be they're going to be a really interesting could be team. one of those dark horse teams to to, to watch yeah. out for. I just I just see the way the committee always they love Ohio State. Ohio State can lose five games and they'll find a way to put them in the, the playoffs. <laughs> Urban Meyer, you know, been been sending them uh, sad Urban Meyer pizza, uh, <laughs> you know, just to make sure. So. All right. Um, what are you going to be watching? Well, of course, you know, I, I will, uh, you know, tune into the opening slate of NFL games. Um, actually, probably when I get home, I'll, I'll check out uh, Chiefs Patriots. And uh, uh, I believe Patriots just scored. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. They, they have become my new favorite team to hate, even over the Dallas Cowboys, which I is saying something. I just don't care. I oh, don't have any feeling whatsoever about them. Well, it's probably because I know a lot of Patriots fans. I have a, a large contingency of friends that are from the New England area. Yeah. And, you know, they are very vocal about such things. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom's terrific. Touchdown, Tommy. He's just fantastic. Love you, Tommy. <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, you know, so I, I deal with them on a consistent basis. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's more of just – I'm just – I'm tired of it. Just like I got tired of the Cowboys in the 90s, you know, them being on TV and in my face yeah. all the freaking time. It's like, come on, people. Just just get it. And here was the bad part, because back then you had, you know, of course, you had the, the two networks, that, and then you had Monday Night Football. Right. I saw John Madden and Pat Summerall every single Sunday, and every single Sunday they were at a Dallas Cowboys game, whether they were home or away. I was just like, seriously, oh, come guys. come on. I mean, I, I could name every single starter for the Cowboys back then, and I hated their guts. <laughs> but those were the only games that were on because we didn't yeah. have red zone. We didn't have anything like that back then. That's right. You know, so you, you didn't have any options. But anyway. All right, so I think we only had one, uh, one game get canceled due to the Hurricanes. That was uh, Miami uh, re- refusing to go to Jonesboro to, uh, to play Arkansas State, <laughs> ducking them, as, uh, as some people are saying, and uh, – but everything else seems to be uh, either rescheduled or because uh, I think the 
Dolphins Buccaneers game. They they rescheduled that one too. Yes. Coincidentally, they both had the same bye week, and so now they will have to play 16 straight weeks. Yeah, I think it's week 11 they do that. Uh, note to self: make sure you're not starting Jay Ajayi tonight or for this weekend. <laughs> Because I know everybody cares about my fantasy football team. No, you don't. No, you don't. I don't, I, care. I don't care about my fantasy football team. <laughs> so. But anyway. All right. So uh, hopefully next week we will, uh, we'll have good news like, uh, you know, Jermichael Green fell and bumped his head and signed for $3 million. Um, or, you know, something like that. Or maybe Chandler Parsons, you know, shows up on a YouTube video uh, dunking from the free throw line. That'd be, cool. e- That'd be one, glorious. There was a video those. recently of him throwing passes to KD in the, in the gym, and he was looking pretty good. Yeah. Well, see, there you go. Yeah. And Mike, was Mike Conley him. was hanging out with Kanye West this week. Exa- yeah. I think we have... What is happening? I think there's good luck around. <laughs> yeah. What is happening? We've got Grizzlies players showing up with people who I've actually heard of. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, oh, and a uh, uh, shout-out to uh, uh, Marcus Gasol uh, playing with uh, Team Spain right now. Uh, Please don't over, get hurt. Over, yeah. Uh, well, I think that's what uh, what David Fisdale's trip over there was. was you know, and Mark, I don't care what you do, shoot shoot five thousand threes in this game. Don't you get hurt? Mm-hmm. So you walk up and down that court. <laughs> you rarely have to tell Mark not to run. I can tell you that from experience. <laughs> so he did learn that one from Zebo. Yes, he did. All right, that's our show for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week and uh, have you know all kinds of fun stuff to talk about then. I'm sure uh, you know more football and uh, like I said. Hopefully some uh, some interesting, if uh, if not uh, you know entertaining Grizzlies news. That's right. You've been watching the Memphis Shakedown podcast here on the OAM Network. Power to the podcast and power to the people. Proceeding is an OWN production. For more information, go to the OAMnetwork.com.